gents, it is Wednesday, and this is the Business Bros Podcast, ready to take on another episode. We got a great one for you guys today, so here we go. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business Bros. That's what got him going. All right, Ham, you ready? Let's do this. Drop some heat, baby. All right, all you business pros out there. Before we jump into the show, just a quick reminder to please subscribe, whichever platform it is that you're listening to us on today. Give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe, drop a review, help other like-minded business owners find value from our awesome guests while we rise up in those podcast rankings. We'll sincerely appreciate every single one of you for it. And if you want to be a guest on the show, we'd love to have you on to learn from you as well. Go to www.businessbros.biz, schedule your time slot. Don't forget to follow us on all our social medias at Business Bros Pod right there. All right, everybody, we're so excited, so honored to bring yet another incredible guest to the Business Bros Pod. Our guest today realized 22 years ago that small businesses desperately need a press release service they can actually afford. And with his help, small businesses now have access to the media and to a national newswire with a personal touch that is out of reach with bigger PR firms. Over the past two decades of running his firm, our guest has distributed more than 100,000 press releases for more than 10,000 customers. And he's worked with 20 Shark Tank, more than 20 Shark Tank companies, including manscaped and squatty potty he's generated over 87 million dollars in earned media for his clients and he's an amazon best-selling author in public public relations and marketing tune in today to learn what it takes to write a powerful press release how to get consistent local media coverage for free and how pr builds your company's credibility you're gonna want to capitalize on that are you as excited as me good yep. joining us today from e-releases pr services out of kingsville maryland welcome to the show mickey kennedy Hey, Mickey. Hey. I gotta ask, man, was it what you expected? I don't know if you saw the show before you hopped on or what, but uh, by the look on your face, you're like, holy crap, these guys are having too much fun. Oh, this is great. I love it. <laughs> All right, man, let's do let's do this. Okay, so PR, everybody needs it. Hardly anybody knows how to go after it. So let's start off with your why. Why'd you get into this particular space of all things? So uh, I was in graduate school like 24 years ago, and I uh, just assumed that I would wait tables because I was in a creative writing degree with an emphasis in poetry. And so uh, I, I I worked uh, at a restaurant and just after two or three months, I realized this isn't for me. My mind was just, you know, mush at the end of the a day. And I was just like, I have to find something else. So I started working for a telecom startup and uh, we were faxing press releases. And so I would program the fax machine with a hundred numbers because that's all I held. And we had like 180 people we needed to send to. And I would waste two days 
faxing press releases. And because we were publishing telecom traffic statistics and numbers, we started to get a lot of calls from people saying, can you just email us the Word document? And a light bulb went off and said, email is so much superior to faxing. And uh, I mentioned it to my boss and he said, that's a great business. You should go start it. So I spent about a year uh, contacting journalists in my spare time and launched about a year later with uh, almost 10,000 journalists in my database and have just been doing that uh, over time. Uh, over the years, PR Newswire came and reached out to us and said, you should also send your press releases through us. And I was like, that would be great, but I'm charging two to $400. And I know you started $1,000 for a national release. So we went back and forth and finally found a solution so that now all of our releases go out uh, over a custom national distribution over PR Newswire and still gets that email sent directly to journalists. All right. So for those of you out there who don't know what a fax machine is, because I know you have a fax number, but a fax machine was this actual, it looked like a phone, kind of had like a printer phone thing combined. And you would send, it was like a, a miracle to technology when you can send what you wrote on a piece of paper to somebody else. That was brand new technology. The, the way you were describing it, that was the, that was how it was. That's just how we did things. Uh, the other day I saw a, a nostalgic commercial and it was a 1-800-COLLECT commercial. The guy calls uh, and he, he he says, you know, you know, do you want to leave him? Uh, you know, wh what's your name? Blah blah blah. And he says, tell tell Bobby it's a boy. <laughs> and, and he hangs up, and the, the 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 dad on the other line picks up the phone, says, no, I'm not going to accept the collect charge. Hangs it up, looks over at his wife, and he says, oh, it's Bobby. He says that uh, they're in the hospital and they had a boy. <laughs> I just thought uh -huh. it was great because for me, I thought it, it's hilarious. I knew I lived that life. I knew what it was like to pick up uh, the phone and make a collect call, and you know, have to go to a payphone. There's a lot of people who don't know what it's like using a fax machine uh, and didn't have that transition into into email. Uh, what you what you what you mentioned in your story was you went from working and sending out PR uh, memos on, via fax into creating your own and having that database of ten thousand journalists. Uh, and there's power in having that kind of network. What did it take for you to get to the point where? You went from working from somebody to building that database. That took about a year to build the database, um, just contacting journalists. Initially, I was just going to be in the um, technology sector. And as I was talking to journalists, they would say, my sector's changed. I'm now in sports or I'm now in uh, something completely different. So I was like, well, I'll just put you on the list under sports then. And uh, after a while, uh, you know, I, I found that journalists would cover one beat and then often just move to a completely different beat. Uh, I think it's more likely at daily newspapers and stuff like that. So I, I just rolled with it and just signed up as many people as I could. Um, it was, uh, you know, contacting them 20 some years ago, they all thought it was a novelty and they thought it was great. Now, you know, if you contact a journalist and say, hey, can I send you a press release? They're like, no, no, I'm, I'm done. They're probably getting so many because of there's publicly available databases now you can just buy or get access to. And so journalists are getting a lot of stuff, but the people who we send to are subscribing journalists. And because of that, you know, we, they have a connection with us and we hope that they're more likely to consider a release that we send over. So what does it take to put together a press release? I, I, we're, we're small businesses. Most of our audience, we're small, you know, we're, we're little guys. We're the ones who are handling the stuff here locally in our, in our little local micro markets and, and, you know, dealing with clientele that we personally know. What are the benefits of putting together these, these uh, PR packages and, you know, what, what should they include? 
Well, uh, press release is very simple. It's written in a third person. It's very simplistically written. You know, you don't use your creative writing degree for, for a press release. There's basically the who, what, when, where, how uh, announcement. Uh, you want a, a really good headline, a good opening to get them to read further. But it's basically just a way to get the basic information to the journalist. You're hoping the journalist takes it and turns it into an article and that they do the writing. Um, so we're really looking for, you know, uh, giving them the blueprint to basically write something really good and uh it, it 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 works and journalists still rely on press releases to try and create stories because every day a journalist is waking up with a new deadline and uh, often you know it's a couple of deadlines and so they're looking for content they're looking for something that's fresh and unique and if you can put together a message that uh, sort of takes that into account not what's in it for you, you want to get your news out, you would love the article to be published. But you know, how can you write your announcement in a way that the journalist who's a gatekeeper will want to share it with their readers. And that's sort of what a lot of people miss when they write the release, they, they write it from their selfish standpoint of yeah, what's in it for me, and you really should be writing for what's in it for the reader. And if you can understand that you can basically kill you know, two birds with one stone, accomplishing what you want, as well as what the journalist wants, which is content that their readers would find engaging. So when uh, when we're getting started in business, or whenever you think about press, I've always had this saying in my in my mind that I hear, you know, there's no such thing as bad press, right? It, you know, all attention is good attention. When we're creating these press releases, should we be going after the stories that kind of, you know, put butterflies in our stomachs and make us laugh and smile? Or should we be putting together the train wreck so that we can keep looking at that thing to grab attention? A little bit of all of it. Um, one of the things that I uh, advise my customers who are startups is to write about your stumbling blocks, the mistakes you made. Uh, I had a, a, a a startup write about their experience of uh, having to cancel Thanksgiving and the whole family sat around in the garage and put to, put packages together because uh, they got slammed and uh, they sent that out. That got picked up in Fast Company. And those are the stories that those entrepreneurial magazines and blogs and trade publications really like and resonate with because it's it's a human story. And, you know, humans make mistakes. Humans have stumbling blocks, growing pains. All of those are things that people want to share about. So share the good as well as the bad. And, you know, those are learning experiences that hopefully uh, you can impart and, and get to others. You can understand as a journalist wanting to share those stories because some of those people uh, have had the same experiences or maybe facing a similar thing and it, it makes it easy for them to, to learn from. So I, I, I'll be honest, when I'm getting started at something, I have this, uh, in, I don't know, imposter syndrome, inferiority complex that comes in. Why would anybody wanna listen? Why would anybody wanna pick me? I just started this business or I don't have millions of- From obscurity, they don't like profiling the big uh, multi-million dollar backed angel funded uh, startup. They like to pick the little ones that appear on Shark Tank. Uh, you know, often their uh, shoestring budget, friends and family, 
funded. Uh, they're just barely keeping it together. And those are the stories that, you know, people root for. It's like a good Kickstarter or something like that. You, you read the story and you, you get, you feel warm about it. And that's what happens when it's built organically or lean. And, you know, the people who, you know, got the money from dad and have uh, had no financial problems and everything's just come easily, they, they don't create the kind of lift in those stories. They don't resonate with, with the readers. And so uh, journalists love to find an undiscovered gem and just share it with the world. There are so many ways to distribute content today. Uh, you know, back back in the day when we were talking about the fax machine, distribution was really limited uh, as far as where you can get your message out to. Today, it seems like I can put my message almost anywhere. Why use a PR firm like yours? Well, um, largely because we have the connections with journalists um, that we send to through email and the newswire is very powerful. It is a huge engine uh, and it's very customizable. So when a journalist signs up for say PR Newswire, they can look at just the technology feeds, but they could also drill down within it and exclude or include based on keywords so that the feed is very specific to them. And it's just constant content for that's completely uh, aligned to what they're looking for. And, you know, for that reasons, uh, you know, it includes traditional media, newspapers, uh, new media, social media. There are a lot of people in the fashion sector who are more influential on Instagram and are a source that receives these press releases than a trade publication. And so it is changing and evolving and people are getting their content from lots of places. But the Newswire does definitely remain to as one of those places where a lot of content exists and it's, it's just a great avenue to reach technology skills i've acquired over a very long career yeah exactly and, and and speaking of very long career i mean we we mentioned the fax machine and and the evolution of technology i feel like in, and we've sort of mentioned the evolution of the media as well uh, i'm wondering what what's been your take on what media was like and where it's going is it is it still something where we do have freedom of the press and and a lot of ability to get our message out or are you feeling like it's becoming really funneled and really focused on a particular message or or dialogue it's definitely accelerating when i started and uh, i guess about 15 years ago blogs were becoming big and the newswire would not accept blogs so if blogs wanted press releases they could just pull them publicly off the website, but they couldn't have access to the newswire and create those customized feeds and stuff like that. So they were very hesitant about accepting blogs, but over time they generally did. It's accelerated now. So the newswires are like, oh, you're a social media influencer and, and you're interested in fashion press releases? Sure, sign up with us. So uh, they're, they're a lot more accepting now of people in lots of different spaces. And so uh, that's good. Uh, uh, it, I, I, it's, People are very fortunate now if they become an influencer uh, on social media or a vlog or something like that or a podcaster because it's a lot more accepting now of different media than it was, you know, 15 years ago when bloggers were, you know, they they were they were not treated well by the media uh, by and large. But it, I I think that there's a transition. I think we're moving to online. We're moving to lots of different pl uh, places and people consuming information in a lot. Of different places uh you know there are probably you know people on TikTok who uh 
are influential in their space and they would be a, a great you know media uh, to receive press releases on a very focused topic or niche when we create press releases i almost feel like uh, the way you described it, we, we're still kind of selling ourselves, right? If, if I'm going to put, put an ad on Facebook, for example, I still need to have something that grabs attention, something that gets the, the uh, viewer to continue reading and kind of push through. Do we have the same approach when it comes to getting our press releases out and getting them picked up by the media? Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the things that I always try to instill in my clients is to be strategic with what you're announcing. A lot of people feel like I'm not really important. I don't have much to say. Uh, and I, I, I tell them there is stuff that you can do. There is a way to be engaging. Uh, I had a local carpet company in New Jersey that wanted to do a PR campaign with me and I agreed to walk with them, but five months in nothing had happened. And we had just spent, you know, uh, a lot of money at that point doing five press releases that didn't result in anything. And so I asked them who their enemy was thinking it was another local carpet company. And it was uh, the big box home improvement stores. And I said, that's interesting. And they said, Oh, my God, what we have to do to market against them. It's just so difficult. And they just went through this whole story. And I said, that's what we're going to announce. So we put that together, we announced it. And they got picked up by more than 10 floor trade publications. We didn't even realize that many existed. Uh, floor trade weekly, this uh, floor coverings today, all these places were picking them up. And it, it, the story resonated with them to the point that all of, I'd say probably two thirds of them came back to us and said, we'll take anything you have on marketing. It was a blind spot in their industry that no one was talking about, but it was very apparent from that press release that their, their people were interested in it because uh, we started to issue releases on marketing and they got picked up again and again in, in that industry. Uh, and what we found is, you know, these people weren't experts at marketing, but they were willing to talk about what they did to market and how they differentiated themselves. And it resonated and a lot of people started sharing their, their experiences and stories. And what happened with them is they, uh, none of their customers, unfortunately, are subscribers to these trade publications. And so I was confused as to how we would use this. And they put together a big binder. They called it the big brag book of PR of all these clippings. Uh, I think it was around 40 in total, including a local newspaper and a state magazine that picked them up over a period of a, about a year. And uh, when they would go give a quote to someone, and uh, you know, tell them that we're better than you know Home Depot and Lowe's because we have a superior padding. And the people that install are salaried people who get benefits, and we know who is going to install your flooring, and they'll probably still be with us in two or three years. Home Depot doesn't even know what company is coming out to your house tomorrow, and they certainly won't be there in a month or two. And so uh, they started getting about 20% more conversions by using that brag book and uh, uh, it, it worked really well for them. And that's just a local carpet company, New Jersey. I can't think of a more non-newsworthy uh, company, but they were able to utilize that. And we did something very similar for a local auto repair shop in uh, Pennsylvania that was looking uh, to get uh, links and uh, they had uh, been paying uh, Verizon for those yellow pages or something, and that was their website. And they realized they didn't want to pay anymore, and their website went dark. So they had to build a real website, and they found that no one 
could find them. You type in their community and uh, auto repair, they wouldn't show up. And so uh, they were looking for auto trade publications to link to them. And I said, you should do a survey. The media loves data and numbers. So they did a survey. They said, we don't know who to send it out to. Uh, I said, uh, contact a small trade association in your industry. And they did, Independent Auto Repair Shop uh, Trade Association. And uh, they sent the survey link to their members for free. We, they, they said they would mention them in the press release. And they got several hundred auto repair shops to participate in this study and had a lot of great numbers. But the thing that they did, and I recommend, is add a couple of left field oddball questions to your survey. Often those are the ones that, you know, will turn into gold. And they had uh, a question that just said, what's the strangest thing a client has left in their car uh, that they left for repair? And it was just a field. And people type, typed in boa constrictor, uh, grandma in an urn. They got a call saying, <laughs> we left grandma in our car. And they get, there's nobody in the car. And they go, oh, she's in an urn. And so they came and picked her up. So uh, there was like 50 of these uh, crazy little things. And that's what got picked up. And they got like over a dozen auto trade publications. And in a matter of three to four months, they, they started to appear as number one in their, their niche from those links that came from that. And even their local newspaper ended up uh, uh, you know, picking up the story as well. And so there are ways to be strategic if you yourself aren't newsworthy. And people would be like, but, you know, they're not special. They're not an authority, uh, you know, and they're not the biggest or the best auto repair shop. No, they're the smartest auto repair shop because they decided we're going to release a study. We're going to do it in partnership with a trade association. And then we're going to just share the results with the media. And anyone can do that. It just takes a little creativity and putting something together. And, uh, you know, they're not doing anything uh, in the auto repair business that's novel or new or interesting, which just shows you that there's lots of different ways to get at being newsworthy and sort of claiming your little bit of notoriety out there in the press. Now that was got your victory dance. Well, I got it right here. Yeah. Exactly. The victory dance. You know, th there was a lot there in the, in those two stories. Uh, it, it got me really thinking because when it comes to marketing, it's different than sales, right? Sales has a direct ROI that we can look at. Uh, and what you're talking about here doesn't really have that direct ROI. There are other strategies that are going into play when you're, when you're talking about PR. Uh, and, and you mentioned some, right? Creating the ability to have backlinks so that you show up online. Uh, we went back to the ages again. We went with yellow pages. Right. <laughs> that was another one, right? For right. those, it's a fat book. It's like Google in a book. That's what it was. <laughs> um, but but those different strategies are are built in for companies to grow. One of the things that I love to to talk about when when you mentioned the auto repair place or or uh, whatever the small businesses that are not the big name, the big box names. Uh, the cool thing is. The more content, the more PR that you get, the more validity that they get, right? And and that's right. one of those things for, for us in the podcast. We're episode 728. We have way more credibility and people think I'm a lot smarter than I actually am because I show up every day and I'm, I'm there. I'm present. It's it's the consistency factor. When somebody signs up to be to get PR services, how long should they be thinking about a campaign like this? I would say 
always look at at least six press releases. A PR campaign should be six or more strategic attempts at getting media attention. And uh, each one should be different. And uh, uh, you should have a strategy like maybe data related, uh, like uh, the, we mentioned the survey and the study. You can also find independent numbers that are out there and just put them together and package them in an interesting way. Um, you know, you can be contrarian. Uh, when everybody in your industry is saying one thing, you say completely different. If the media is to, supposed to be objective and show both sides, often they're left with only one opinion that everybody agrees with. So you're competing with a lot of people with that opinion. But if you're the one person saying something counter to that, uh, you're much more likely to be included in articles about that. Uh, I always use the example of you want to uh, appear rational. So a lot of people are pro electric car, but a contrarian approach would be, hey, electric car is a great goal, but maybe we shouldn't be embracing it fully right now because the minerals that are used uh, aren't really environmentally sound, the mining that takes place for them, the labor practices. And also, we haven't really found a solution yet for what to do with these batteries at the end of their life. I mean, we're just creating more issues than, uh, than, than we're solving by embracing electric cars right now. And so that's a way to be rational, but you're saying something that not a lot of people are saying. Everybody else is going all in, uh, especially uh, with you know gasoline and fuel prices and everything like that. So it is one of those things where there's lots of different little strategies, there's different ways to do it. And you wanna try different approaches because what you'll find is some Something will eventually work. And sometimes you can replicate that. You can just do it again and again. I have one customer that only does surveys and studies. They um, publish rankings for uh, different industries and, uh, and they supply leads to those people in those industries. And one of the ways that they get media attention is by publishing surveys and studies across 20 to 40 uh, different industries. And they do, uh, do them uh, probably about 40 to 50 of these surveys a year, and every single one of them gets picked up in at least eight to 12 publications. And they're very usually industry specific, and they're just, you know, highly targeted, and it brings them great traffic. And the traffic that you get from earned media is really great traffic. They're generally more loyal. Uh, they, they're, they're more profitable. They rarely open a window and say, can I get this cheaper on Amazon? They are like, I want to do business with this company I just read about. You know, if it's in the New York Times, you know, it's almost like an implied endorsement. They picked this company. There's something special about this company. And I want to participate and, and buy from this company. So what does it take to work with a company like yours, uh, you know, how, how do we get involved with, with you? If we want to work with you, get into your network, understand what it takes to write a PR. Right. So um, the easiest way is just to reach out and talk to us. Um, we're at ereleases.com. Uh, we have editors on staff, no salespeople, there's no commissions, there's no sales quota. If we don't feel we're a good fit, and sometimes we're not, we're very honest and upfront about that. Uh, Sometimes people will call and say, hey, I'm just looking for local media. And we always tell them that you don't need to spend a dollar with us or any company. Local media is the easiest media to get. If you just sit there and think strategically about it, there's probably less than 10 people in your local market that would write about you. 
figure out who the 10 people are and just send them an email. You don't even need to write a press release. You could just send an email and say, hi, I wanted to introduce myself. I'm in the area. This is what I do. And this is what I'm doing right now that I think is kind of interesting. And I think that you should consider sharing with your readers or viewers. Uh, in the case of uh, newspapers, you would just read who generally writes about companies like mine, go to, you know, reach out to that writer, Give, you know, call the newspaper and just ask for their email address. They'll give it to you. It's not a secret. These are public positions and there's, there's nothing hiding here. Uh, you can also explore Twitter because some of them, uh, journalists like to be on Twitter as well. That might be a better place than email. Uh, but just do that for radio and TV. If there's segments or shows that uh, sometimes profile businesses like yours or uh, businesses your size, you would just reach out to the producer or booker. Again, just ask for their contact details and reach out to them. Uh, you, you don't want to reach the host of the show uh, in most cases. And it, that's it. I mean, it, once you have these, the list of 10 people, just reach out to them, I would say two to four times a year as it makes sense, as you're doing something that's interesting. If you see something in your industry that's kind of uh, hot right now, you may want to share it with the media. Even if you're not a good fit, they might appreciate the tip and they'll remember it next time you ask uh, for them to consider, you know, writing about you or, or covering your business. Those are all great pieces of advice. And there's one piece that I wanted to make sure that we covered, and that's the rejection part, right? You're, you're putting out all these stories and it does feel a little vulnerable because you're writing about yourself, your struggles, what you're going through in your business, and you are going to get no's, right? Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, they usually aren't like uh, contacting you and rejecting you personally, which makes it easier. What they, normally happens is nothing. You issued the press release and nothing really happened. And, uh, you know, that's uh, evidence. You know, that approach didn't work. It didn't work now. Doesn't mean that approach might not work again down the road, but for now it didn't work. Move on to a completely different approach and try to attack it from a completely different angle and try something, uh, you know, completely different. Uh, there, there's the newsjacking angle where if something's really hot right now, like uh, a few years ago, there was the target target uh, credit card breach and everybody who was involved in credit card security or cyber security was doing a press release with their opinion about the target uh, a credit card breach. And so I always say in those cases, it's great to ride a trend, but you got to elevate yourself. If you're going to uh, join the conversation, elevate it, take it to a different level, stand out. And so you might want to talk about the credit card breach in response to mom and pop shops who have a credit card terminal on your uh, counter. Are you at risk? And all of a sudden, I could just see a journalist saying, wow, I, a lot of my readers are small businesses and a lot of mom, they would be interested in knowing, are they at risk? Could something like what happened to Target happen to them with their little credit card terminal on the thing? And so those are ways in which you can sort of uh, build on the story and elevate it. So many just join the conversation and a few, a few you know, occasionally you'll get picked, but there's a way to, 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 increase your chances by writing the story, but elevating it by picking a niche or something really specific in their micro focus to an audience. Perfect. Well, lastly, you deal with a lot of different types of media, podcasts, news, TV. Uh, you've been on a couple podcasts, I'm sure. What do you, what was your experience like on our show? And if there's any feedback we can do to make it better? Well, 
I, I love the energy of your show. I'm just a shy English major, so I, I don't have the energy that you guys have, but I feel pumped up for being on your show. So it's working, and I can only imagine it is like that for listeners as well. Awesome, awesome. All right. Well, I know we kind of covered it through during the show, but one last time before we head out, if people want to work with you, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Um, my social media is on ereleases.com, the lower right. Uh, I have a whole strategy session and masterclass is completely free at ereleases.com slash plan, P-L-A-N. And it basically gives you all the strategies to create your own PR campaign. Anyone can do it. You don't have to be famous or well-funded. You'll actually have, have better results being small and obscure and not well-funded because it's a better story for the media. And the media does love to champion the little guy. Perfect. Mickey, thank you very much for coming on the show today. Lots of useful information. And, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, here's the, the bottom line. At some point, you got to get over your fear, whether it's getting behind the camera, whether it's writing down your thoughts or whether it's hopping behind a microphone. If you're in business, you need to have a marketing plan and a PR and having press releases is a good part of your plan. Even if you're just testing the waters out yourself just to kind of get over your fear, that's great. Then go out and hire a, a professional like Mickey to help take your business to that next level, to get your business in newspapers and other blog posts and other things that are going to get you the exposure that you're looking for. Because let's face it, if you're not getting people to come into your business, you're not going to be in business very long. So get over it. It's part of who you are. This is the face I was born with. I can't do anything about it. This is the voice I was born with. There's nothing I can do about it. Same for you guys. Get out there. Trust me. There's people who want to connect with you, who, who want to hear your story, who want to know what's going on. So lastly, uh, by the way, uh, Viviana's uh, commenting right here. Thank you very much for, for reaching up. Love this. Totally reaching out. Perfect. All right, ladies and gents. Well, that's all we got for you guys today. Mickey, thanks again for coming on the show. And we'll see you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow's my favorite day of the week, SHIT. So happy it's Thursday. Peace out, y'all. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the business bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.